Salvation is just the first step in God's plan for our lives. If you'd like to know more about salvation, just go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net and click on the Salvation tab today. Uh, and it was on purpose. I didn't know it, but he got some words from the Lord and told me later that uh, it was meant to be because I was a religious person. Uh, I lived by the law. Every letter of the law, buddy. If, if, do's and don'ts. Didn't really understand grace. I'm still working on that. This grace thing is so amazing. I just don't even know how to explain how free I am. He said, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And he said, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. I, I try to say said a lot of time because that's what the NIV says. But it says make you. Make is a strong word. But this man right here called me and he says, man, he called me a few times before and I didn't want to talk to him, but I just, I, I still love God. I did, even though I hated Christians, I thought, but it was really the religious people I hated. And he calls me and he said, hey, man, uh, he said, I don't know how to tell you this. I'm not sure how you're going to understand it. But he said, there was a baby. I had a dream and this baby's going down and I saw it. Saw it in a vision right then. So don't tell me when you out there that God ain't with you because I saw it. As he was explaining, I saw that it was just like, oh, it's like Moses going down in that little bush. What was it called? Bull rush or something. He was in that. But I wasn't in anything. I was going under, one nostril up and then down. And all of a sudden up and down. And I saw that. Man, he said, your ministry's going under, man. And boy, I, anybody knows me, ministry is important. It's very important to me. And when he used that word ministry, the Lord knew how to get my heart back. I spent six months. I wasn't running. I had not been running the whole time. I just didn't like all y'all, I thought. I just didn't like dealing with people, if that makes sense. And, and it was the religion in me is what it was. And so what happened is time went by. I started to come on in, and he called me some more. And next thing you know, he's renting a house from me, and we're kind of getting together. I was buying a house. And it was like God just put us back together. And when I came to this church, the Lord had told me to come to this church, and I came to men's breakfast first. So just to let y'all know, this men's breakfast what brought me to this church as a leader of this church, and now he's here. I called him. I said, hey, this church is different, man. These people are a little bit different. I mean, they got some things they ain't doing quite right, and I'm just being honest. Some things that ain't quite right, but hey, they trying. That's all, you know, laugh at me, Pastor Eddie. Go ahead. You were pastor during that time. It's your fault. No, I love you. I'm, I'm playing. So, I mean, I'm being, you know. So, you know what I mean. But anyway, I said, they ain't got it all together, and, and I don't think any church does. So, but I said, it's, it's, I think it, I think they really want God, and that's what we want. So, if you want to take it from there, but I want to thank you publicly. I've never got a, he, I've told him thank you a, a bunch of times, but I just want to publicly say thank you because uh, I'm indebted, you know. Amen. You know, what's funny about that, I think that was right around the time your mama had, was passing. Yeah. And uh, I was dealing with my own storms. You know, I had lost my job of 18, about 18 years, you know, and I got seven kids. Kids. Now they're adults, but at the time they were kids, you know. And I'm like, man, it's it all hit me one time because I'm the sole winner of the income coming in, you know. And I'm having a hard time with the church I'm going at, me and the pastor's butt heads, you know, because he's going this way and God's going this way and I'm this way, but I'm leaning this way, but I'm trying to get him, you know, to come this way. And he's like, no, we're going to go this way. I said, no, the Lord said we're going this way. He said, well, you know, the people. The people need a leader. They're not to follow, you're not to follow them, they're to follow you. And see, that's the problem we have in a lot of churches. A lot of us as leaders, we persuaded by the opinions and the attitude of the people. Especially as pastors. Pastors have worse than anybody else because they're they're the father in the house of the, of God's house, and they're dealing with the emotions and the high strung personalities of these people that want to control the situation. You know, well, I'll stop giving. Or I'll stop coming. And then that makes you look like a bad father figure in the house. Now think about you and your children at home and your kids go out and act crazy in the world. People can come and look at you like you ain't doing something right, right? I had a, my youngest, well, my, my second to my youngest daughter, boyfriend, she was over there, you know, uh, swimming at their house. 
And just cutting up, you know, she's 21 years old. And his mother looked at her and said, you ain't got no home, home up or, you know, raisin, do you? She said, yeah, I got raisin. I just don't use it. <laughs> so she knew what to do was wrong, but she was doing it because she wanted to do it. It wasn't a reflection on how we taught her. It's just she knew what she was doing. She wanted to do it. And that's how most believers are. They do what they want to do and not what the Holy Spirit is leading them to do. Because their relationship with their flesh is stronger than the relationship with God. Amen. So during that time, I was struggling, you know, with my own issues. And usually that's when God uses me the most is when I'm struggling. Because this week's been rough. I mean, I've worked in Alabama and I work 24 hours. And I come over here to look at the van on my way home from the dentist and I had been up about 23 hours at that point and then I went home and I crashed for a little bit I got back up you know and I, Thursday I went back out and done concrete again and it's it's been miserably hot this week but through all that emotional up and down you know I had to keep my flesh under because if you don't keep your flesh under it'll keep you under and it'll do what it wants to do amen well just like I had that song on purpose ain't no grave gonna hold our body down if y'all don't mind stand up I want y'all to Stand up. We're going to, for the reading of the word. And I also want to pray, Father, I just thank you for today to give us this opportunity to speak your word, Father. Your word is truth and it's life. Father, I thank you that you've given us words to speak to these, your people. Father God, I, I speak to leaders. Father, rise up in the name of Jesus. You gave me a word this morning. You said, arise, O sleeper. Rise from the sleep that you're in. Get out of that slumber. So in Jesus' name, we call you up. From the grave, in Jesus' name. He told me to go ahead and do it now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we call off this white cane religion. You walking around with your glasses on, can't see what you're supposed to be seeing. You walking around religious. Think you know what you're talking about. Think you don't know what you're talking about. Some of y'all have had situations. Now, Dale, I'm up here with your glasses on. I got a stick up here. Blind men, blind leading the blind. And so we're going to talk to y'all today about some of us. It's us. I'm talking about me and Daniel too. Walking around, you trying to get this thing together, but what are you doing? You're walking around, you're tapping your stick, think you know what you're talking about, but you don't really know what you're talking about. You got to be led. He said, those that are led by the Spirit of the sons of God. So we're going to be led today, help y'all see where we're missing it. As a church, as a body of Christ, we're going to be led. If we don't went too long, we don't let it go. The body of Christ is asleep, and we're here to wake it up in Jesus' name. You're coming alive into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He shot No more. No more of that. We're done with it. No more religion in Jesus' name. Give me a second. We fix the blow to show far. We're going to wake up some people in Jesus' name. We just thank you for today. We thank you that you allow us to wake those that are asleep. Even those that are awake, we're going to wake you up even more in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Let our mouths be exactly what you'd have us to say. Father, I, I release anointing between us that we'll speak only what you'll have us to speak. We'll say only what you have us to say. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. If y'all got your Bible, some of y'all say we go old school. We got a Bible up here. Well, God's kind of old school because he's about as old as I get. Ephesians chapter 5. He says, be ye followers of God as dear children. Man, I was at a meeting last night. Four-year-old child, or excuse me, six years old. That girl... She was singing with all her might, and Angie's looking and said, that was me when I was a kid. That was me. She said, and you talked about that I've lost my, uh, I've lost my innocence. And I said, yes, you have. That's, that's what I felt like, but it's coming back. 
But I'm saying she had lost her innocence through a marriage, through different things. And so Lord talked to me a little bit about that too. So we got to be dear children. We got to be like little kids and walk in love as Christ, as the anointed one, also has loved us and has given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice of God for a sweet smelling savor. Tell me some stuff about the Holy Ghost and I mean Jesus and the blood, Daniel. Well, y'all know when Jesus went to the cross, he shed blood in all points of his body for everything that we would ever deal with. Amen. Mentally, physically, spiritually. Yes. He died on the cross that so we would be born again through the blood. He was pierced in the side for the new covenant, for the blood and the water mixed and brought us together into the new birth. But he also did this one thing that people failed to understand, that he was bruised for our iniquities. Yeah. God doesn't want you to keep living in the past. God doesn't want you to keep living from the for, from the generational curse of your forefathers. Amen. You know, I found out in my family line there was anger and there was lust. Well, lust kind of skipped over me. I didn't have to really deal with that that much growing up in the, you know in the world I grew up in, which was crazy. I should have been I should have been a whoremonger. Let's put it that way. You know, I grew up in Atlanta, and the women are crazy, and the drugs are crazy, and all that stuff. And God kept me from that. But I didn't get free from anger until I was in my 20s. And the Lord began to show me that I had an issue with anger. And he began to reveal that the blood that Jesus shed for the bruising, internal bruising, was for my heart to be healed. Amen. And I needed that healing. I needed to get past depending on anger as a source of defense for me to learn how to depend on the Holy Spirit as a source of defense for me. Where I could walk in love and not anger. You know, you, you see the Crowbell Hulk. We all grew up in the 70s, most of us. We watched the Crowbell Hulk growing up. That's how I live. When I got mad, I just tore up everything. And I went after Amen. everybody that was in my way. Yes. And I seen my dad do the same thing. And I heard stories of my grandfather doing the same thing because he was in the Navy in World War II. So all that was planted inside of me. And then I had the crazy side of the family. That wasn't even the crazy side of the family. The mom side was the crazy side. They were from Cabbage Town. They all crazy. And all that coming in me, and then it was coming out of me through my response and reaction to how people responded to, what, to me and acted to me. So what did I do? It worked one day. The Lord put me with a guy. Don't curse the chaos in your life. Listen to the Holy Spirit in the midst of it. Because in that storm may be your blessing. It was Peter's blessing. He learned how to walk on water that day through faith, didn't he? He never knew he would be able to walk on water unless he was in the storm. And sometimes in your storm when God's going to bring you up to another level. Let that storm not be a stumbling block but a stepping stone. Amen. You know... When he started talking about that, I was going to tell you about iniquity, and I'll do that quickly, and then I want to get back to the storm. But iniquity is a violation of the right or duty that man can... Now, look, by the way, we didn't share notes, by the way. I sent him a few scriptures that I've been looking at, and he don't know none of this, and I'm saying I looked it up because I knew, because the Holy Spirit told me. But it's a, a violation of the right or duty that mankind is under an obligation to do, and iniquity can also be wicked acts, immoral, and conduct and practices and he said wicked it's like where we get our words wicker furniture is twisted all this stuff that's going on in our lives there's a lot of wicked and a lot of twisted mess that's going on in our lives sometimes and i'm telling you i'm trying to get everything i can get out this old man the old way of thinking tries to come back but that man's dead laying there on the ground and you ain't supposed to go over and resuscitate him you're supposed to be kicking him and say go no more if you go over and there's a dead man and you kick him, he's not going to rise up. When we walk in love with people, if you're a dead man and somebody slaps you on one cheek, what did he say? Turn the other cheek. My dad had a favorite saying that I always tell on him. And he's probably in heaven saying, oh boy, don't tell that. But he said this, because I believe they can hear us. I'm going to tell you right now, they're standing over portals of heaven and they're looking down on us, I'm telling you. And they're sitting, they're sitting there waiting. There's a relay race from the Old Testament all right, that's the first relay. Second relay is when Jesus came and the ones in that time, and now we're in the New Testament. We're in Acts 29, I believe it is. We're writing the rest of the Bible. And so as we're running that rate, they're standing over portals. Come on, let's do it. It's in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, talks about they're standing over. They're, they're, we've already got the trophy. When Jesus died on the cross, he handed us the trophy and said, now run your race. You've already run, won. What are you doing? So we run in our race, but I'm telling you, this talking about a storm, I'm telling you, sometimes we look at that storm and we make it bigger. 
We will sit there and we'll talk ourselves into the biggest storm you ever seen in your life. You'll look at that storm and you'll do. I mean, like Peter, he was in the back of the boat. I mean, Jesus was in the back of the boat. Peter runs back there and wakes him up. He's pretty tired. He's been walking a while. He walked everywhere he went. He's in the back of the boat asleep. What does he do? Wakes him up and says, you don't care that we perish, master? And Jesus like, really? And he gets up. Walks over, he said, peace be still. Now, I'm writing the rest of it. Just trust me on this. And then he got done, and he said, where in the world is y'all's faith? I just got through feeding the 5,000. I've touched, I don't know how many people. He probably knew how many, but I don't know how many, but so many. And he says, I'm going back to sleep. Are you okay now? And walks away. That's what I feel like he did, and he went back to sleep because it don't shake him. It does not shake him. But sometimes I think we talk ourselves. we got to watch what we're saying. A lot of y'all are opening that mouth, and I'm going to tell you what I told the tabernacle about two weeks ago. Shut your mouth. If you ain't got nothing good to say, shut your mouth, because you'd be better off just keep your mouth shut. Now, I love you. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm telling you what I heard. Shut your mouth, because you are. this thing right here gets you in all kind of trouble. It will cause you more. I don't even like using this word, but it will. It'll be a hell on earth. You hear me? It will be hell on earth for you because you're sitting here and you're saying things. He said, death and life's in the power of the tongue. He said, I give you this day. I give you life, death, blessing, and cursing. And he's almost like a teacher standing at a black back blackboard, got it wrote on here. And then he points over and says, here's the answer. Choose life. I hate to even say this, but how many of us got a Peter in our life? Yep. A person, yeah, I know it comes out that way, didn't it? But how many's got a person in our life that always brings stuff before us? What do you think about that? And sometimes it's our flesh. Sometimes our flesh challenges our spirit, man. What are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm running. Flesh, flesh like, I'm running. Spirit man's like, no, we're standing. And flesh is fighting. So you got this war inside of you. So you got this one that's always counterproductive in your life. What does the Bible say to do with that? Crucify it. Kill it. We say crucify so much that we forgot what crucifying means. It means kill it. I had a pastor one time that I served up under. He said, God's been trying to kill you since you got born again. Let him go ahead and kill that so you can go ahead and live. Amen. You can't live until you die. Jesus said, unless the seed falls to the ground, it won't produce, will it? If we don't fall to the ground in death, we are not going to raise back up in life. Amen. And we're still letting things in our life live. There's parts of our life live. When he threw them glasses down and they came down, what that reminds me of, we're being led by religion. And we're using the cane of religion to lead us around. And we need to throw the cane away. We need to throw the glasses away. We need to get the eyes of the Holy Spirit and be led into the unknown. Amen. Because it's an adventure when you follow God. Amen. It's like I told uh, someone earlier. I said, you know, I like to take the back roads. I go off into a road I ain't never been before. I just go whatever. I said, I like to take chances. I said, if there's areas in my life that is not in faith, then it's time for me to step those areas up to where I'm putting God to the test or putting God to the test. Not testing God, but the word says, do what? Prove me therein and I will not open up the floodgates. He said, do that in tithes and offering. God wants you to do that in everything. Put faith up there and let God put it to work. Amen. I beseech you. This is uh, Romans chapter 12. Didn't have it in my notes. My notes were just a reference if I decide to use them. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Remember the dead man. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, sir. It's just what, that's all he just asked. It's just reasonable. I just gave my life. I gave you everything. Can't you just present your bodies a living sacrifice? And then he goes on to my favorite part. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of that mind. Amen. How do you get a renewed mind? You get in that word. Speak that word. Walk that word out. Do what it says. If it tells you to do something, do it. This is not a suggestion book. This is a guide to us. This is just like if we have a vehicle and we're, you know, Ford, Chevy, Toyota, whatever, all y'all drive different stuff. You got a book in there, owner's manual. That's what this is. This is the owner's manual to tell you how to be who you are. It's easy. It's Man, he gave you everything that pertains to life and godliness. He told us that we're above and not beneath. He said, I have raised you far above all principality, 
powers, rulers of darkness in high places, why didn't he just say above? You know why? Because God don't play. He's far above all princes. Far. He's so far. Man, the devil's laying over like a little limb that came off the tree, a great oak, and he's laying there dying, and y'all are making him the tree, and he's not a tree. He's a little nothing. He's, he's deceiving you with your mind. He's talking in your mind. And look, one of our things we're going to talk about today during communion is the helmet of salvation. That is the saving you from yourself. It's the renewing of that mind. you got that helmet on and God's speaking to you. He's telling you what to do by the Holy Ghost. You get a rhema word. And I'm telling you, that rhema word is as important as this word right here when it's in your life. If you got a problem, you got a storm like he's talking about, you got to sit here and say, God, what do I do now? You ain't going to open it up and him say, here's what you're going to do. Now, every once in a while, he'll give you a Logos word that I go with it. He did that for me one time. I had a question and he told me, just look at this scripture and it worked. But it don't happen that way all the time. Every once in a while, he just like to talk to you. And if you spend your time in that closet in the secret place of the Most High, you'll bide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I'm telling you, you'll know what to do in Jesus' name. You won't be walking around. As blind men beating your little cane around again, going, oh God, what do I do? I don't know if I can do this. You know what? I ain't got my glasses on, but I still ain't seeing quite right. I speak to that spirit of religion in this place, in Jesus' name. You have no right. Now I'm taking this as a walking stick. Just like Moses raised it up in the wilderness. I raise this stick up and I call all religion out of this church in Jesus' name. There will be no more. Then he goes on to say, renew your minds that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Did you just hear that perfect will of God? Don't, don't y'all want to be in the perfect, not permissive. That's one of my favorite things to tell people when they tell me something ain't going right. I say, are you in the permissive will or perfect will? He'll let you, he'll let you do something like me. I quit church. I quit paying tithes. And I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to throw a little tithing thing in here. I didn't know I was. But I, I quit paying my tithes, and I'm serious. I sit right there when I quit, and I said, God, I ain't going to be blessed no more. I hate it, but I just don't like this pastor. I don't like the way he did me. You do know offense is what gets people out of church, about 99% of us. Offense. But you know it's funny? You'll be offended. Then you'll turn around and unknowingly offend your brother. I've offended him. He's offended me. We've done it. 30 years, you're going to do it. We've done it. Not knowingly, not on purpose. Maybe sometime it was on purpose. I don't know. I was still, I was still carnal. Still got some areas I'm working on. But bless God, I'm telling you, I'm coming out. I'm a new man in Christ Jesus. But I'm telling you, the other thing is busyness. This is one he's talked to me about. And I told you a little bit. This business, man, we can't be so busy that we're being under Satan's yoke. B-U-S-Y, being under Satan's yoke. You can be busy if you're doing what God, this man right here is busy, but in a good way. But then he turns around and he is under the yoke of Jesus and he does what God, he's here today because he wants to do what God wants him to do. Even though he was up 24 hours the other day, even though he's going through some things, this is what I'm talking about. Busyness can come from being fruitful, not from being busy. I know a man right now, I won't call his name, few of y'all know him, works seven days a week. And now he's sick, had some issues. So you work all this time so that you can make the money, but then you turn around and have to spend money to get well. So what did you do? You didn't make no money. Chick-fil-A takes Sunday off. He said he wanted to give his workers an opportunity to be off, to rest, be with their family. Most fast food chains make a million dollars a year, all right? Chick-fil-A makes five million. They make five four times more than the others. I guess it'd be five times. Five times more, all because... Who did he put first? He put God first. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, I was thinking about, you know, what it talks about presenting yourself as a living sacrifice. You know, when I came to God, I didn't have nothing to offer God. What did I have? I'm broken. You know, I come from a jacked up family. You know, all I had was myself. In the Bible, like you said, present yourself as a living sacrifice. 
unto God, holy and acceptable. That is our reasonable service. God told me this way. That's the least you can do. You know, I did all this for you. All I want from you is just you. Amen. I'm not asking nothing else from me but you. You know, and I'm probably the least educated person in this room. But I have been able to do all things through Christ. I've been able to go places and talk to people that I could not do, that education wouldn't take me. Yes. That my knowledge wouldn't take me, but the Holy Spirit would take me. Amen. Because God, think about it. The Holy Spirit's everywhere. He hovers upon the face of the deep. And if we'll go with the wind of the Holy Spirit, he'll take us places we'll never imagine. We just got to cut away from this religious spirit that's trying to bind us up into one location and not let us free to move into the atmosphere with the Holy Spirit to do what God's called us to do. Amen. God wants us to, re to be rebuilt in his word. He wants us to get a new mindset. He wants us to get a new wineskin. Amen. This old wineskin or the old way, we're still trying to stir up the old religious ways, the old ways of revival. Don't look for that no more. Look for the new things God's fixing to do. Amen. The Bible says there's no, nothing new under the sun. But he said, I'll do a new thing. That don't make no sense. The world says that's contradiction. But God says, no, for you it ain't. Because I'm going to do a new thing for you that might have been new for them. I'm not going to give you the same thing they had. And I'm not going to expect you to live off the same food they had off of because you're in a different warfare than they are. Yeah. Amen. We're in a different warfare. There's been things released on this earth that they didn't deal with in the past. So we got to have a stronger backbone and we got to stand more firm in our faith these days. Amen. You know, it was showing me a little bit more last few days, you know, in four. This is before five where I talked about being his little children. He was talking about and he gave some apostles, some prophets some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. And then he goes on to say, thank you, Father. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's the fullness of God. His anointing. Man, he gave you all the tools. You got the Holy Ghost inside of you. And I'm going to challenge a few of y'all here. There's a place in here I can't exactly remember. I think it's 1 Corinthians 2, 4, 5 maybe where it talks about Jesus. And gee, I'm sitting here following God here for a second because I feel the pushback already. said Jesus didn't think that it was, uh, you know, he didn't feel like it was wrong to be Equal with God. I'm going to show y'all something here. Equal with God. Not to God. With God. All right? He said, with God. You know why? Because you got God inside of you. You got the Holy Spirit inside of you. And so he said he didn't find it. So why should we find it funny that we got the Holy Ghost and fire? We say shut up in our bones and we talk about the old bones that, you know, they, they got all the the mirror and all that in it, and then you got your skin on it, and it comes back to life. We preach all those good little messages, and they're great. I'm not knocking them. But then we turn around and got no, no fire. I'm telling you right now, we have the same ability. He said, that I, I got the Holy Ghost. He said, that I send you a comforter, and you're going to do more than I ever thought about doing, and it was in two or three different ways. But one of the ways is, look how many of us there is. As soon as we got the Holy Ghost, there was Jesus is everywhere. And I'm telling you, I can see the devil looking over going, what in the world just happened? And every demon in hell started, well, they ain't in hell yet. Let me back up. But every demon that works for him comes running to him and said, what do we do now? He said, man, I don't, I don't know. Y'all messed up. Y'all killed that guy. You killed Jesus, man. Dog, I didn't tell y'all to do it, you know, because he's a liar. I didn't tell y'all to do that. What are you doing? It says that if the princes of this world knew what they were doing, they wouldn't have killed him. Because it says if a, if a seed goes into the ground and it dies, it's going to come back and it's going to grow. And that's what happened. Now, I'm going to go on in here and touch a little other thing here. He told us, he said, be not drunk with wine where there's excess, but be ye filled. And that means be being filled with the Spirit. I'm telling you, we got to be filled with the Spirit. you got to spend that time in that secret place. I'm telling you, that secret place is where the Lord Jesus is going to talk to you. This is where all this stuff has been coming up inside of me. I'm going to tell you, I had sin in my life. Let me just, let's just tell on me for a minute. 
Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, it's easy for you to say. You fixing to tell? No, nah, I'm just kidding. I mean, I was into pornography, I'm telling you. And when he said nothing new under the sun, the Lord said, all right, tell them about the books under the bed. I mean, y'all had them under your look. Don't raise no hands. That's why I ain't looking. Had books under your little mattress. Well, I thought I was the only one. Yeah, he just raised his phone. How many had it in your phone? You think, oh, well, I don't think nobody does like me. I'll tell you what happened. We went on a vacation with some folks. We was praying, believing God. Man, we was having so much fun. The guy ends up coming and tells us he's got pornography in his phone that while we've been praying and on the phone and different times, encouragement, this guy's in here. He's like, hey, go pray with him so I can play on my phone. Look at these images is the way he told me. This guy now is so on fire for God, the wife don't know what to do with him. I think she's kind of getting a little jealous because he's coming. He's coming. He's alive unto God. So don't think that you, what you think you hide that the Lord don't know about. He'll find it out. He'll at least expose it enough you want to go tell somebody. He told us. He confessed his fault. You know what he told me that got him? Thank you, Jesus. And please hear my heart. I'm not talking about what I can do. I'm talking about what he does through me. When he got out of that car, we went and picked him up. When he got out of that car, I opened the back up. I started grabbing stuff, and I looked at him. I said, I am so glad you're here. I said, we're going to have so much fun. And he said, I was accepted. You accepted me because he has a disability. He can't see real well. He can get around enough, you know, but I, it just acceptance. I told him, man, we, we was natural. We played some phase 10. We played cards. We laughed. We cut up. We made jokes, talked about his wife being short. I said, don't be short with me. You know, and stuff like that. It wasn't nothing wrong. He said, we can cut up. And he had such a good time. I told him, I said, man, you're high pockets. That's what a guy used to call me. But he was taller than me. He's six, he's six, four or five. I looked up to him. And so I'm just telling you, the Lord wants us to have a good time. But he also wants us to go and, and not be drunk with wine. But get the Holy Spirit, man. You get full of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, there was a time in the past when Rodney Howard Brown would walk by people. Y'all might have seen him. And he would do just like this. <laughs> and people falling out. People said, oh, that's fake. Nah, man, I was there. This guy ain't falling out. He walked by me. I hit the ground and I said, oh, boy. Now I got to get up and tell everybody that he ain't fake now. Go ahead. I want to bounce off of that. You know, I don't know if I felt the shift, but I felt it's almost like who, who drives a manual and never drove a manual? You know, when you hit, you go in first gear, winds it all the way out. You're like, man, you ain't getting nowhere. But you hit second, it drops low and just takes off. Yeah. Felt like we just hit second gear. Yeah. You know, like I told you earlier, I never had a problem with lust. I've only been, I've only been married to two women. The first one was crazy. It wasn't my fault. No, <laughs> I was crazy too. That's why I married her. Amen. The Lord had to deliver me, but you know. I've been only married twice. Same but, problem. You know, we I wasn't to, one that dated or nothing like that. But, you know, I had a spout there for just a, for a moment where I tempered into that pornography. And it never really gripped me. But I guess I got curious or whatever. And I never went on to nothing big. It just kind of on things that pop up on your phone. And I went to my wife. And I told her, I said, this, I, I, this is what I've done. She started laughing at me. Because for me to do that, it was like, it'd be like a little kid coming up saying, you know, I just stole money out of your wallet. You know, oh, yeah, you didn't know what you were doing. And that's how my wife treated I said, no, this is, a, you know, I did this, you know. Yeah, no big deal. She laughed at me again. I'm like, no, you know. <laughs> she thought I was playing because it shocked her. She's like, oh, it ain't a big deal. I said, but I'm letting you know this because I'm not leaving nothing in the dark. And this is where the devil gets us in the dark. Amen? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So let the condemnation pass. I don't yes. care what you did and what you've done. Amen. My dad was married five, six, seven times. I don't know. My grandma was married eight times. So I've seen some craziness in some lives. Amen. But God saved me. It didn't make me better. It just made me obedient. Amen. Your obedience will put you in a place of repentance. And repentance will put you in a place of right relationship. Amen. It's up to you where you walk with God. If you don't want to go with God, that's up to you. But the devil's waiting at the door to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus is waiting at the door to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen? You know, I'm starting to get to a point, and you tell me, I, I think we want to go over this about 
communion. We're having communion today. We're going old school is what we'll call it. It was the way Jesus did it. We just have us a place. We dip a little bread in it. You go ahead and take it right there. Be fine so you don't drip it everywhere. But you know, on that night when he did that, before he did that, you good? Yeah, all right? okay. I was just making sure I'm changing. You know, you always work with the person that's working with you. And I honored this guy, man. I, I trust his, his understanding of the Lord. But, you know, on that night before he went down, and then came up <laughs> for us. <laughs> yeah, God, that's pretty funny. <laughs> he said, I went down just so y'all could come up. Now, I'm talking about come up higher. You know, he said in John 6.56, it starts out, talks about, he that eats my flesh and drink my blood dwells in me and I in him. Do you know he had almost 250 liters Key leaders walk away from him that day. He's a cannibal. Cannibalism. That ain't what he meant. But see, that was that offense. He had to find out who would be offended. He told him he was going to be offended. You're going to be offended with me. What did he do? He turned right around later and tells you, well, I was just, I was really talking this. But he didn't chase after him. He let him go because they needed to figure out what it's like to be without him for a little while. You think about the night he told Peter, I'm going to die. I'm dying. Peter said, no, you're not. You're my best friend. Man, I got to have you. He didn't know he was going to have it even better where he lived inside him. to go everywhere he went instead of having to share him with everybody. Share him with John that wouldn't let go of him. It laid on his breast all the time. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, by the way. But the first part, I want you to do the second one, if you will. But the first one is where he was in. The blood, first bloodshed that we had was when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he, he went down. I'm trying to get to it, so just bear with me a second. I'm shaking up here, man. This, this has been so much fun, I, I can't hardly stand under the anointing of it. But it said the sweat of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was great drops of blood. Do you know the magnitude of what was on him? Everybody talks about, you know, the nails in the hands and the feet. They talk about the side. They talk about all that, and they say that was what was going on. That's not even, that ain't part of it. That ain't, that's a little bit. That was the flesh. Y'all don't know the spiritual realm, and I don't know it, but I'm saying there was a spiritual significance in all that he took on. He took on everything. I'm going to make a statement that might challenge y'all, because it sure did me, and then I saw it. He was the child molester on that cross. He became sin. It said he became sin. If he became sin, he was a child molester. He was a, a murderer. He was an idolater. He was any. He was a porn star. He was everything. He's everything for you. At that moment, everything in the world that can come on was on him. That's why he was he was suffering. He said, "If it be possible, God, please take this cup." Is there another way? The flesh started hollering. Your your flesh ever holler? Mine's hollering right now because there's so much anointing in here, man. I, I can't even hardly stand under it. But you know what? I love it. I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie anyway. <laughs> I love the adrenaline. So it, after he got through with that, it, it also talks about praying always with all prayer. He went down and prayed as he was down there. And look, prayer ain't nothing. I used to think it was this thing that nobody can do. Man, it's just talking to God. I mean, talk to him. Don't do like my, I'm telling you again, Dad. he said, say, oh, Holy Father. And he didn't know any better. He was religious, man. He was taught wrong, just like I was taught wrong. He taught me wrong. My grandfather taught me wrong. Put me under the law. Now I'm under grace and I'm so free, I don't even know what to do with myself sometimes. And you know, I always was concerned. You taught this greasy grace mess and you're going to go out there and do wrong. You know what? This grace is so good. I don't want to, I don't want to offend him in any way. I'm so blessed. I'm so anointed by God because he's done that because I, I gave into the grace. Amen. He took that seat when he walked over there, that judgment seat, and he wiped that blood on that seat and he made it mercy. Yeah. So let me tell you what this was for. This significance was that Jesus won back our willpower to resist temptation because he overcame the greatest temptation that was so intense, it caused him to sweat blood. My wife looked it up. She said it's almost impossible to sweat blood. The whole body has to go into like convulsions to push it out through the, through the uh, sweat. 
It was an impossibility. You have to be, a, there's so much agony, it's almost impossible to do that. The body's not even made to do that. Yeah, I was thinking about some stuff, you know, when he was saying that. I was thinking about, you know what, and I, I encourage you to take this fear on. And I know the Bible says fear not. So we keep that at the front of our heart, fear not. But my greatest fear is that I will miss God's voice by offending him to the point to where I can't walk in faith or respond in faith to him. Amen. Where you go through seasons where it's like God is not saying nothing, but God's saying a bunch by not saying nothing. He said, I'm with you and I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, sometimes you can't depend on just what you hear. You got to depend on what you know in the word. Amen. The word is the bedrock of what we build off of. And Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the rock. Amen. The foundation of our soul. Well, what he was talking about, talking about the stripes. That's what he's got put down here, the stripes of Jesus. How many know the stripes of Jesus was what, 40, 39, minus the 40, 40? You know, they're trying to come up with new sicknesses every day. But did you know Jesus paid for all that? The Bible says, does Jesus heal? All the time. Does he deliver? All the time. Amen. When does he not heal? Never. Never. He always heals. Amen. But he is a sovereign God. And we as his children, he is our father. And I don't know about you, but I did not smack him out of my father on earth, let alone my heavenly father. Now, I may have a discussion with him about something I don't understand because you want direction. You won't say, Father, I don't understand that. I don't know. You know, you want me to go there and get this guy money, and I just seen him buy some drugs or buy some beer. But see, God has a plan because that's a doorway into their heart. You know, back when uh, probably a couple years ago, no, it's probably about a year ago, I was out working at night, you know, and I was out. Uh, going home, and, and I remember one night I was going down Shamley Tucker. I was on that side of the road to get something neat. It was late at night because I was working in Decatur, and I come over there. I don't know why I drove all the way up to the quit trip because that's the only thing that was open, I guess. And I seen this lady pushing a cart around, you know, and it caught the corner of my eye. That's a bad thing sometimes about being able to see from here to here. You see everything. You know, with these glasses, I can't see that much, you know, because they block the, my visual. But without the glasses, I see everything. You know, and I seen her and I'm like, not tonight. <laughs> I didn't want, I didn't want to, I didn't, especially a woman at night in the middle of the night. I didn't want to talk to her. I didn't want to mess with what was going on. I wanted to get my food and I want to go back hoping, I wish I would never come over and ate nothing. You know, Lord, why? I drove out and I drove off and I came back. You know how you do. You wrestle with yourself. You wrestle with the Holy Spirit. You want to make sure that you're doing what God's saying. Your flesh is not in the way. The devil's not got some schemes going on. This is a prostitute. You're about to get set up, you know. So you want to make sure you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Well, I came back. He said, go oh, get some money. I went and got some money out of tell her. I went over and I walked up to her, and she was sleeping in a phone, in a, a bus booth. Well, I walked up to her, and I began to say, man, it's, it was around Thanksgiving. Uh, around this past, last Thanksgiving, I had a lot of witnessing, a lot of, you know, soul winning. That, I don't know why that part of the year was big for me, but. I walked up and I began to ask her, how you doing? You going to be out here all night? What's it to you? All right. I'm used to women like that. Heck, let's go. You know, they all talk to me like that, especially my family. You know, uh, what's it to you? I just, you know, well, where are you supposed to be at? I said, well, I ain't even supposed to be over here. I said, I'm working in Decatur. I just come over and get something to eat. I don't even know why I come over. I could have stopped at the racetrack or the other quick trip in Stone Mountain. She said, why are you over here then? You know, and I'm like, ah. I said, well, I'm going to hand you this. The Lord said, hand you this. And he told me to tell you that he's got his eyes on you. He sees where you're at and he knows what's going on. And left it at that. Her whole attitude changed. You know, she received from God, not from me. Because she didn't want to talk to me. She wanted to know what I wanted. But when I gave her the money and said what God said to say, she was open then. See, sometimes we ain't got to tell them about Jesus. We got to show them Jesus. Because she already knew Jesus. She was just wondering where he was at. Amen. And see, when he shed that blood on his, when he was, when he was whipped on his back, he covered everything physically that we needed. Every sickness, every disease, everything that we needed to the point that they show, it showed bone. Amen. But did you know not a bone got broken in his body? They beat him to the point, but it didn't break a bone. Remember they was going to break his legs and the, uh, 
and he went ahead and left the body. He said, Lord, I'll commend my spirit in thy hands. And when he did that, they, wouldn't, they didn't have to break his legs. Not a bone. And he said it. David talked about it in the psalm. Not a bone was broken. But he shed blood to the point that there was no blood left. Now imagine, he didn't die because he bled to death. And the Bible says life is in the blood. He died because he gave up willingly his spirit. See, sometimes in the midst of a trial, storm, and tribulation, we give up. It ain't that life's left us. We leave life. We detach from the will of God. We detach from God. We want to go hide somewhere. And we want to go, like I've done a lot this week, Lord, why? Man, I'm tired. Y'all just need to get out of my way. I just need to rest. You know, you get to complaining. And I noticed that I had a critical spirit that got come alongside me and started being my friend this week. And I rode over and I said, and I told my wife, I said, I had to repent. She said, what? The Lord showed you. I said, yeah, I seen it. It was a critical spirit. And every time someone say something, I'd have something else to say was critical about it. You know, I jumped on people. I was offensive. And that's because I was in pain. But my pain is not an excuse to put someone else in pain. Amen. Through my pain, love should flow and healing should flow, not victim mentality. Amen. Let God heal your pain and let the Holy Spirit flow through them wounds. Amen. You know, also on that, I wrote down, Jesus has got your back. Because he got hit in the back just so he would have your back. The other place that he had was number three place. He was bruised and suffered internal bleeding from being beaten. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. This is in Isaiah 53.5. I even wrote down uh, Ephesians 6.14, having on the breastplate of righteousness. That plate runs all the way around him. And I saw it, see some things here in him being bruised and all that. That blood right there was so we could be righteous. We can have right standing. That's what that means, right standing with God. Does it mean we're perfect? No. It means we're right standing with God. And so when he took all this bruising and pain and everything, it was for us. And I wrote down, this signifies that Jesus won back our right standing with him and delivered us from our conduct in the way that we would act in the wrong way. But then our conduct would be right. Right standing before man. Uh, go ahead with number four. Number four. Shedding of blood when receiving the crown. Shedding blood. Oh, when he shed the blood when he received the crown. Yes. Think about that. They put a crown on his head and they called him king. His own people didn't call him king. But the, but, the, but the Romans called him king. They put a robe on him and everything. They made him king when his own people rejected him as king. Now, in the sight of that, what are we going to do? Are we going to make him king? Are we going to make him lord of all? He is already. But are we going to let him be lord of all of everything? And they put, he put that crown of thorns on him. He bled out. He bled out that you would have a mind of Christ, that you would have peace in your mind, that you would be able to think about the things of God and walk out the will of God in your life. Amen? We need the peace of God. How many has ever been led by peace? I remember one time I was looking for a job. I was between two jobs. I was actually working two jobs, but I was between. I was being gravitated to this one and this one. I said, Lord, I can't. This is too much. I need to make a decision to either go to one. And I was sitting at my desk, and he spoke to me, and he gave me peace, and I heard the name of the company. And I moved with peace. I didn't know God's voice that good. I'm young. I mean, I don't, you know. I'm not long coming out of a Baptist church. You know, they don't teach nothing about the voice of God. They, they teach you salvation. You get saved, you got to figure it out for yourself, you know. But, you know, then I get before the Holy Ghost and I find out that he's going to teach me and he's going to lead me in all things. Now I'm here, somebody talking to me that ain't criticizing me all the time and telling me how much of a you know, mess I am. Now I'm hearing the voice of God in my spirit, man, speaking out of it and telling me these things. And then I have peace, then being led by peace. Amen. So Jesus wore that crown of thorns on your head that your mind will be in line with his mind, that you would have the mind of Christ. What did Jesus say? Let this mind be in you that was also in him. Did not think it to be equal with God. Amen. And so a lot of us say, well, that was God in the flesh. That was Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? If you're in Christ Jesus, he is in you. 
then you are as he is. Amen? And when you go before the Father, who does he see? Does he see you or does he see Jesus? Stop acting like he sees you and start doing what he said because he sees Jesus. Amen? And he sees you doing what Jesus did. When he speaks to you, go out there and lay hands on the sick. Well, Lord, I can't do that. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to let my son come through you. Let the, my spirit flow through you like my son did through him. Amen? See that, don't you? you? can't tell who I am. He said, let yourself be I'll say it again. They took, they took and they twisted and they planted that thing. And when they twisted, that's what the world does, tries to twist your mind. Pastor brought up this him, her, and he, she, and all that. I don't care about all that. But they do do it. They're trying to change everything. You know, they're trying to change the, the way things are said so you don't know what to say next. You know, used to a crib was a baby crib. Now it's a house. It may even be something else now. Heck, I need to be careful. It might be a cuss word now. Because the way they keep changing it. But what he did is when, when that thing was plaited and twisted, that's what the world does. They shoved it on his head and they try to do that. But I come up with the idea here that he told me. That's why we got that helmet of salvation again. To cover you from your thinking, your crazy thinking, that stuff that that world comes in. You know, I like to tell a lot of people, and y'all might know something about NASCAR, Rodney. But it's like that helmet. I'm sorry, I called you out, didn't I? But you know, I like NASCAR too. At one time, I watched it a lot. That's the only reason I know so much. But I would listen to that spotter, the eye in the sky is what they call it. That's Holy Ghost. And he's talking to him, telling him how to drive that car because if guys can't see what's going on, they don't have no mirrors on them cars. And so he's telling him how to go. And then you got it over here, you got the crew chief. He's telling you put wedge in, take wedge out, and all this, I don't know, put tires on. See what I'm saying? And that's Jesus telling us how to do it. And then I said, God, well, what about you? Where are you at? He said, I own all the tracks. I own them all. So that's, I got it. So I'm just telling you, this, that helmet is like that helmet. When they talking into that helmet to that driver or that football player, some of y'all like football, Georgia Bulldogs, I know. I'm kidding. I, let's stop there because I'll get in trouble with some of you. Clemson and Tennessee and all those other good ones. Somebody can name it if they need to. <laughs> so you got to get the name out there. But I'm just telling you, it's just like that. You can hear what's going on. And so that's what that, that helmet, I mean, that crown of thorns signified that he took back our right thinking. That when we get in this word, we're not going to be blind, leading the blind that I talked about. Remember that? Let's go back over here. Let's do this one more time. You'll never forget this. Blind, leading the blind. Blind man, tell me how to get there so we both can fall in the ditch. Get your thinking right. Get your thinking right. Get in that word, man. I'm telling you. Go ahead with number five, brother. You know, when he, when he said that, I, okay. I work in the city a lot. So in the city on certain, on certain blocks, they have this noise. And I don't know if you ever drive through Atlanta, you go downtown, down on Peachtree, you hear this noise. It's like a, a chirping sound, a loud chirping sound. Well, I was, I was kept looking around. I'm like, what in the world? Is it the fire department? What is this going on? And somebody told me that's a signal for the blind. There's an external signal that helps them internally navigate down that road. I've seen blind people walk up and down Peachtree. And they don't trust in their senses as much as they do. Well, they trust in their senses, but they lean on that, that noise, that outward external noise, depending on it, to get them where they need to get. They know where they're at by, based off that noise. Amen? We need to learn how to listen to the noise or the voice of the Holy Spirit and then tune our will to His will and take his will and put our will down. Amen? Amen. But we're going to talk about, uh, which one, number six or number five? It's number five. We're talking about the feet. It says, uh, it was his hands. Was it the hands? Yes, yeah, the hands next. It's what I had anyway. The blood that was shed through Jesus' pierced hands. Okay, yeah, you didn't do that one. Yeah, I missed it. The piercing of the hands. What did Jesus tell you to do with your hands? Lay hands on the sick. Oh. You think about when he sent his disciples out. He told them all the things he wanted them to do. Amen. Did they do it in their power? 
No, they did it in his power. They did it in his power and his authority. Well, guess what he did? He anointed them. The Bible says he blew on them, didn't he? He blew what? The Holy Spirit. And then they went about doing good and healing like Jesus did. All they were sick and oppressed of the devil. Yes. So they went out. And the Bible says the blood that was shed through Jesus' hands or piercing of his hands, they laid hands on the sick and they healed the sick. They did before the covenant, what the Bible say, before the foundations of the world, God knew the end from the beginning and Jesus had died. So it was already done for us. He was concerned. Think about it. Sir, uh, Christmas morning, the kid will run down there and get, get a present, won't he? And sometimes they already know what it is. Because I don't know about y'all, when I was a kid, I would open them and look in there and wrap them back up. And that's how some kids are. They will already know. They'll shake them and they'll look at them and they do all, they'll know what they're going to get. They have more faith about what they're going to get than you was about buying it for them in the first place. And they had that confidence. God wants us to have that same faith in him. We need to know what the word says is true. God had already done it. God allowed the old covenant to live in the new covenant before there was even a new covenant. We had, a, we had apostles, or I mean, a, we had Moses doing miracle signs and wonders. Same thing Jesus did. We had the prophets doing miracle signs and wonders. Operating up under, not with the Holy Spirit in them, but just the Holy Spirit on them. So how much more should we do? What did the Bible say about John the Baptist? That he was the greatest in the kingdom. Right? But he's, le he's less than we are in the kingdom. Yep. That don't make no sense, does it? Because then you look in the mirror and you say who you think you are based on who you were and not on who he says you are. That's right. Amen? Oh, we need to spend more time in the quiet place, yeah. the secret place, and we yeah. need to find out who we are in him that he can be who he is in us. Yeah. Amen? But he shed the blood and gave us authority yeah. over all the power of the enemy that we can lay hands on the sick. Just because you don't feel like doing it, do it anyway. Pray for yourself. You got a stomach ache? In the name of Jesus, yeah. I curse that sickness. You have authority. Release the anointing through your hands. Stop waiting for somebody else to do it for you. Now, we will pray the prayer of agreement where it says, well, two or more agree is touching. But that's a prayer of faith and agreement. Amen? But you think your prayers are weaker than our prayers? Amen? Stop letting the devil tell you nothing because of who you was. And realize who you are. That God's giving you everything through Jesus dying on that cross. Amen. You know, when I was looking at it, some more I got here was right hand was the word of God. Sword of the spirit. Yep. He said he gave us the whole armor of God. Remember? Don't forget that. And then in our left hand, we had the shield of faith. Looks like I'm fixing to start showing you a cross, huh? He alluded to the cross even in that. So when his hands were, were hit with those six-inch, eight-inch nails, every bit of that was for our, our faith and for us to know the Word of God and for us to be able to quench all those fire darts. And I told God one day, I had such a rough time. I said, God, what do I do now? I said, these things feel like they're coming through. He said, man, you got the, you got the breastplate of righteousness. That's your backup. What are you doing? Come on, keep going. I said, oh, okay. So I straightened that righteousness up and got going. We're going to go ahead and try to wrap this up. we got a few. Had, got to get out of here. Uh, number six was the blood that was shed through Jesus' pierced feet. Another one of those armor of God. He said, I feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace so that you can walk in peace. You know why he was hanging up there? I mean, he hung by his feet and by his hands. And you'll see it on there where they show that there's something under his feet to hold him up. I don't believe that. I think he was hanging by his hands and by his feet. He would push up by his feet so he could breathe. And when you talked about the back, y'all don't realize he was rubbing that back, back and forth. And I talked to my wife. She works in the uh, cath lab with hearts. And she said, if you're pulled down and your arms are up, the diaphragm will not breathe and you breathe really light. So that means Jesus was deprived of oxygen and he would raise himself up. And I mean, I'm sure he was hollering. I mean, this flesh was screaming. And then this, the reason he did this, I've got wrote down that he did this for our peace, the peace that passes all understanding. You know, I, one day I asked God, I, I, you know, we always say, man, God's peace is, passes all understanding, you know, and I'm not trying to be mean, but that's not right. Go back and read that scripture again. I reread it in context. His peace does not pass our understanding. We have the Holy Ghost. 
He said, you don't have to have a man teach you. And I ain't saying there's nothing wrong with teachers. I'm up here being one right now. So if I think it's wrong, what am I doing? But he said that, that we have the peace that passes all understanding. It, it, a lot of people say it's up there somewhere. We can't get it. No. He said, those that are sinners, if you'll look at it, it's the wicked. His peace passes or understanding. You know how you do it. You put your peace down and you go with his peace. You follow me? And that's how you keep your peace. Quit giving your peace. He, man, he opened up something to me one day about giving your peace away so that you can sit here and be peaceful. You give it to people. Now, giving your peace to God's different. He, he can take care of it, I promise you. But he, when he said that, me and my wife had found out that we was giving our peace away to people and we was unhappy. Wasn't happy. We wasn't peaceful. We was giving it to our kids. Anybody got any hands up on the kids? Taking your peace and you're mad and you're struggling. Go ahead with number seven, brother. Blood that was shared through the spear in Jesus' side. Number seven. I think I passed it. It said the blood that was shed through the spear in Jesus' side. Think about that spear and what it did. They were trying to kill him, but everything they did built the New Testament, built yes. the new covenant, yes. brought us into a right relationship with God. Amen. Everything the enemy done to him made him more aligned with God's will. Everything that the enemy does to us brings us more in God's will. Amen? If we will stay focused and stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. But when he was piercing the side, think about it. What come out? Blood and water. Yeah. The new covenant. The new testament. He gave birth to the church. Yes. Amen? Yes. He brought the church in fruition to what it is today. Amen? Yes. That was the wound. He's not a woman, so he can't have a baby like a woman. So he had a baby through what? Through the side. Yes. Where does a woman come from? From the side. Amen. Who's the church? The bride of Christ. Amen. Right. He gave birth to his bride. Amen. Yes. How many of y'all married? How many of y'all got women in y'all's life? Girlfriends. It's up to y'all to make them the woman God's called them to be. Through praying for them, to ministering to them, through casting them spirits off of them, whatever attitude. If a woman's got a bad attitude, go love on her. That's a hard thing for a man, ain't it? Well, she's got a bad attitude. I'm going to leave that attitude in bed. I'm going to do something. No. Snuggle up to her. Love her. Amen. The Bible says to love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it as a sacrifice. Yes. We are the sacrifice to love our wives to be the woman they're called to be. And then they will admire us and lift us up to be the man of God yes. we're called to be. Amen. Think about what we talked about the woman in the Old Testament, the virtuous woman. The virtuous woman did everything to make her husband look good. Because she knew when he left the home and went out to the marketplace where all the guys like the barbershop, they're cutting up, acting crazy, that that was going to give him opportunity because his house was in order and his woman had a good reputation and then he was going to be able to do things that made money brought into the house. Yes. Amen. Yes. And women don't realize when they act crazy, they make us crazy. And when we act crazy, we make them crazy. Amen. So let's all stop acting crazy and start depending on God so we can be who God's called us to be. And if we want a good wife, we need to make a good wife. We need to believe God for a good wife. We need to pray for a good wife. Your ministry needs to start at home. Amen. You know, I, I just all of a sudden, I wanted to go ahead and do communion, but the Lord said, we need to pray with some of y'all. The power of the Holy Ghost is here today. If you've got anything, we don't have to know everything. I'm just telling you, it's not like that. God already knows. I mean, if you want to say something and confess your fall, that's fine, but... If you got something going on, y'all come on up here. We'll pray for you. Pastor, you know, uh, Apostle Eddie, that's your new name for me. I heard it, so I'm going to start calling you that. You're going to have to walk in it. So anyway, uh, we'll pray with you. If you got anything in your heart that y'all need prayer for, just y'all just come on up here. We're going to pray with you. Father, I want to pray first. Father, we just release your anointing in this place. We welcome you. We thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost and fire that works within us. You said in your word, God is good. Jesus is king. Holy Ghost is fire. Shut up in our bones, Father. So we thank you in Jesus' name that you're going to cause these men of God to rise up and be men that they're called to be, to be that, that Jesus in their home. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church place where you are loved, 
accepted and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.